are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Mads Vetterkop. He's building quickorder.io. They help you turn your visitors into regulars. Mads, you ready to take to the top? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, hey, it's been fun sort of tracking your progress. Uh, how's COVID impacted the business? Um, actually, positively, um, especially. Uh, so, during lockdown, uh, we were kind of the solution for the restaurants to do takeaway uh, under their own brand with their own apps. And we kind of helped them thrive in the new normal. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Nordics see everything opening up again, um, we have seen a huge spike in demand and also revenue. So, first, we had a gigantic spike during COVID and then that spike got another positive bump uh, after reopening. So it's just been crazy 18 months, really. That is incredible. I mean, you came on back in June of 2019 uh, and you remember yeah. the number? You told me you were doing $20,000 a month back then. And then you yeah. came on last year in September and said, Nathan, you're not going to believe it. We're doing like $370,000 a month or yeah. almost a $5 million run rate. It was incredible yeah. to me seeing that growth, but that was good. So what's happened since then? Yeah, so since then, um, we grew in more. So now we are at plus 500 um, per month. Uh, and our, That comes both from new business, but it also comes from our existing clients growing. So our average revenue per client is up to above 500 US dollars um, per month. Um, whereas last time we talked, it was just below 300, if I recall correctly. Um, so, so that grew, uh, so annual contract value obviously grew. Um, we kept a double digit growth, um, from all the way from September until now every month. Um, and yeah, we, we're getting very close to getting ready to raise our next round, which will be in Q4, Q1. Let's talk more about that in a second, but so how many total customers are you working with now today? So we are plus, uh, 1200 now. Um, so, so a lot of, a lot of clients across the Nordics, um, and we are looking into expanding, uh, into, to the rest of Europe. And that's also what, uh, what the round will be for. Yeah. Now, uh, when you talk about rounds, you have to remind me your, 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 your history. So I think you, you raised 200,000 back in 2015 and then you raised a, wait, sorry, sorry, sorry. You raised 1.5 million in 2019. Have you raised since then? Yeah. So um, we raised both in, um, in early 2020 and late 2020, um, around the same amount, both times. Um, and then that, that's kind of, um, so a total of, I guess, calculated to us dollars. It's like somewhere between four and five million dollars total. How much in total us? Four, four to five million dollars total. 40, 45 um, total. Got it. So you basically four, did four, like four, four to five. So four, somewhere between four and five. Got it, got it, got it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you've raised a significant amount since we last spoke. Yeah. Got it. So, so you kind of, yeah. you basically raised like 2 million, like twice in 2020 yeah. to drive yeah. on field this growth. Mads, I would argue you've been very capital efficient because your, your annual occurring revenue is greater than the total amount you've raised. I, I would call that a yeah. capital efficient founder. How have you sort of, 
I know this is such a stupid question, but it's important. Most founders could not resist VCs reaching out saying, Mads, please let me invest. You've resisted the urge to do that. How have you been able to resist? Um, So we've been able to grow without. um, And we we did a merge uh, with a Norwegian uh, competitor last year um, in, in late October, early November. And when you when you merge two companies uh, at that stage, um, you, you kind of have to get everything right. Um, and there's a lot of like uh, both technical depth that you have to solve on both, both fronts and you have to get your BI straight again, because when you merge two companies with two different BI setups, it's always a big pain and a big headache to kind of merge those. Um, that's what we've been spending the past uh, eight, nine months on. Um, and we wanted to get that right before we, we took on too much money. Um, so um, th- that has kind of got us to, to the point where we are now. And we, we are kind of ready um, to, at least after summer, we are ready to, to start racing because now our BI setup is, uh, in, a, is in a good spot. That's great. And, and talk to me about the team today. How many people full time? Yep. So we're 60 uh, people full time there. Um, and we're growing the team with two to five new employees every month. Um, so it's the, the good moms are five employees and that's when we can find the talent. Um, that's kind of the goal. Um, but we don't want to hire for every price. Uh, we want to find the right talent. That's the right cultural fit. So, um, the bad months, we only managed to find two people and it's mainly in product that we're hiring, but of course also some commercial roles. So how many engineers are on the full team today? Um, so we just surpassed, which so I think we had 27 now. Um, yeah, so nearly half of the company's engineers. So a couple of places I want to dig here. I want to talk about how you almost doubled ARPU. I mean, dri- that's, dri- that's yeah. driving net dollar retention, I'm sure, through the roof. I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about merging, yeah. right? So so yeah. what was the stat? I mean, did the, did the merging company take more than 50% of quick order? Like, how did the sort of cap table dynamics work there? So, so a bit more than 50%, but it was roughly a 50-50 split. Um, I see. And, and um, so... so the the drive in Alpu um, comes a lot from the merch uh, because they brought on a more sophisticated um, online ordering and dine-in solution um, for guests to kind of self-order on their phone. Um, and that has made us able to upsell um, to our existing client portfolio. Um, so in Norway, where they origin from, um, they did not historically have the whole restaurant OS with the point of sale and schedule planning and, and uh, table table reservation like we did. So we could upsell that part of the suite to their original clients, um, now our clients. And on the other hand, the Danish clients, we could upsell uh, the Norwegian product too. So we kind of had this possibility to to double the value basically um, of, of both sides uh, of the company's clients. And, and we've been doing that and it's been a great success. Now Matt, talk to me, you know, it's, it's tricky for two founders that have two companies to merge together to figure out like what the structure looks like afterwards. Yeah. So are you sort of still, are you sort of leader CEO and where's the other founder or CEO? Yeah. So um, I actually stepped down uh, to become COO um, and uh, Andy, who was the CEO of uh, Reorder as it was called, um, is now the CEO of the entire company. It was quite an easy decision, really, because Andy is the founder of Tidal, uh, which was sold to Jay-Z, the music streaming service. Uh, so he he has a lot of experience. Um, so so just getting to work with a guy like that and uh, tapping into his brain and learning from him was a great experience for me, only being 25 um, and only done quick order. 
uh, and then my management team was basically me and then our CTO. Uh, they didn't have um, a very strong CTO, so that decision was also easy. And then we didn't have a CFO. I was basically a hybrid uh, when I was CEO, and they had a really talented CFO with investment banking background. So everything was just a really good fit. And, and it's kind of unbelievable how good the merch has been because it was like we just supplemented each other on every front, even on management. The only kind of thing that was double was me and Andy. And even that decision was easy. Mm-hmm. So how much equity do you still own today? A range is fine. Um, so I said of between five and 10 percent. Many of you guys listening have built incredible SaaS tools to help other founders, specific industries, really get value or make some system easier. The problem is you can't help your clients until they import some portion of their data. And you've considered on your Trello board and your Sprint timelines, spending weeks building a CSV importer for certain data sets. You're smiling right now because you know I'm right. And either you do it and you waste engineering time or you don't do it and your customers have a horrible time getting onboarded. And listen, let's face the facts. Your ability to give value to your customers sometimes is very dependent on their ability to get you their data. Once you have the data, everything is really smooth. Well, this exact problem probably explains why FlatFile is growing so quick. They've raised over $44 million and they do exactly this, the data onboarding platform for your marketing teams, your engineering teams. They enable you to get usable data faster so you can focus on what matters most to your business. And the fastest growing companies like my friend ClickUp, Zeb, multi-billion dollar valuation, they all use FlatFile. Now, FlatFile reached out, they wanted to sponsor. I said, do you got a good deal for us? And they do. For anyone listening, any anyone that's part of the top entrepreneurs community or get latka you can get a deal now to get started today at nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file and they make it so easy by the way their onboarding is beautiful you don't have to commit to a bunch of stuff you can actually see a demo live instantly right now check it out nathanlatka.com forward slash flat file really i mean again i remember you being a young guy i mean you're really just optimizing right now to learn right yeah yeah so i'm how, how are you uh, 25 now, turning 26 okay. in October. Um, yeah, that's, so, that's great. Yeah. So, so you mentioned prepping for a Series A. How much do you think you'll you'll go out and try and raise? Um, so, a minimum of 10 million US dollars. But indications mm-hmm. right now is that the market with um, with the right multiple is uh, willing to put in between 20 and 30 million US dollars. Um, so, so it'll probably be plus 20. Um, and in this round, we kind of have the philosophy that we take what there, what was there, yeah. um, take the money that's there. And let's say you get an offer for 20 million. What valuation do you think that that might be on? Uh, plus a hundred. Plus a hundred. Okay. Interesting. Um, very cool. And then, so how do you and Andy sort of work through this together, right? Like, let's say Andy's out getting term sheets. He says, Mads, I have one I like. How do you guys sort of pick a decision on the right investor partner, all that? Yeah. Um, so I'd say we, we're lucky that we have a really, really good board that is uh, of great assistance in, in kind of helping us choosing the right, uh, right term sheet. Um, we have a professional board consisting of uh, both a couple of, of our bigger investors, but also external people um, that all have great experience, both with uh, racing VC, but also in the PE game. Um, funny thing is that in the restaurant tech industry where we are, 
a lot of PEs are starting to knock on the door um, and, and wanting to consolidate uh, the European market. You've already seen in the, in the US with both Square and Toast um, kind of consolidating the markets. And, and we, we, we are seeing the same thing happening in Europe now. Um, so that's also a part of our strategy. No matter if we go VC or end up going some sort of PE route, then the, the future outlook is to consolidate. Yeah, interesting. Now, would you prefer to be eaten by someone that's really talented that you can learn from or be the company that eats other companies? We are going to eat other companies. <laughs> that's the quote, take it to the bank. That's the show headline. <laughs> We're eating other companies. <laughs> yeah. All right. Very cool. I like that, Matt. Hey, last few questions here as we wrap up. How many quota carrying sales reps do you guys have today? So oh, we expanded. So that's six now. Six. Okay. And what quota do you have them on annually? Um, so they do three times their uh, annual salary in quota. Okay. So what was that? Yeah. About a million quota, something like that? Yeah. Something like, yeah. Roughly. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Very cool. Anything else I missed about the business where you're like, I got to share this? Um, no, I don't think so. So we, we use maybe just to give a quick rundown um we get data from all of the different sources that our, our products are so posts and also the the guests and that get that is that data that kind of helps the restaurateur turns visitors into regulars so obtaining the spend from the visitors and their kind of preferences um we use machine learning to to kind of help the waiters give the guests a better experience so that they come back I love this. Would you ever consider buying a company that installs Wi-Fi at restaurants? So when you sit down and consumers connect to the Wi-Fi, you actually get their email address when they connect. It's obviously a massive data play. Would you ever look yeah. into any other IoT devices? Yeah, we definitely. Um, we, we're looking into all sorts of ways to, to gather data. We're also speaking to, to a lot of the PSPs that provide card readers right now to kind of... Provide what? Card readers? Card readers. Yeah, yeah so, so if you can somehow digitalize the guest that pays offline, then, then you have come a long way in, in digitalizing all guests. And that kind of, kind of is our goal to make 100% of the restaurant's guests digital. Yep. Yep. How many, how many guests are in your platform right now across your customer base? Uh, more, more than a million. Wow. Um, so, so that's, that's a lot of guests. Um, yep. and, of course, primarily guests from the Nordics right now, um, but tourists do come to the Nordics, so so there is also some foreigners in there. Yeah, very good. Let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, Blitzscaling. Uh, you're, you're honorable consistent. Mention. Yeah, honorable mention um, from uh, Impossible to Inevitable by Aaron Russ. Number two, is there a founder, Mads, that you're following or studying? Yeah, uh, Reid Hoffman. Yep. Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building quick order? Um, still Google Suite, uh, but slightly <laughs> I will mention. You're very consistent. I always do this, and sometimes founders will give different responses. You're three for three right now. Uh, yeah. Next one. How many hours of sleep are you getting every night? Always uh, eight, or that has actually changed a bit because I got a daughter, so now it's a bit harder, but uh, then I then I got to do a nap later later during the day because uh, <laughs> got to prioritize sleep to be on top of my game. I love it. All right, four for four. Uh, last set of questions here. Married, single, kiddos? Yeah, so I'm um, still not married, but a girlfriend and, and one kid. One kid, and how old are you? Good, good, good. Um, 20, 25, you said, right? Yeah, I'm 25 myself, and she's five months. 
Very cool. Oh, I was going to say, I know you're not five months, but that, that must be very exciting. 25-year-old CEO, you're learning a ton from Andy. You're building a great company. You got a young one on the way. That's great. Last question. What do you wish you knew five years ago when you were 20? Um, so I think I was done fucking up cap tables when I was 20. <laughs> um, but um, I think the, besides fucking up cap tables, I think the most important thing that I wish I would have known is the importance of not making everything a democracy in the business. And sometimes as a leader, you gotta make decisions. You can't talk everything out. Um, so be more decisive. And we kind of had a tendency in, all, in the early days with my founders that we talked about every decision. Um, and that kind of, it's fine in the beginning, but when you get a bit further, it starts to slow down business. Um, so you've got to get to the point where the C-level makes decisions, even if not all founders are on C-level. Guys, quick order.dk, watch out. They've got a lot of data on restaurants. They're helping over 1,200 locations turn visitors at the restaurant into regulars. They were doing $20,000 a month in 2019. They broke $350,000 a month last year. And this year, they're now over $500,000 a month in revenue or a $6 million run rate. Now looking at potentially going out and raising a $20 to $30 million Series A at north of $100 million valuation. We will watch closely. Mads, thanks for taking us to the top. You again.